You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So what is happening, y'all? I hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. I was actually just telling my dad this morning how fast this week is going by and... Goodness gracious, we're almost at the end of the month of June. And June is my favorite month of the year because my birthday is in June. And I don't know. I mean, it's probably it's somehow one of the busiest months of the year uh, when it comes to work and stuff. But um, it's so beautiful out. Um, It's the start of the summer, essentially. And yeah, I can't believe it's almost done. But, you know, with that, um, you know, uh, steering the, the, the wheel towards everything combat sportsy. Well, uh, you know, when it's the end of June and kind of like start of July, that is very good news when it comes to combat sports, because usually international fight week is the start of July. And so this year it's a little bit different, at least when it comes to MMA, because, um, you know, with the pandemic obviously going on and whatnot, things have been shifting around and uh, we don't have an official International Fight Week as of yet. However, we do have a very, very important fight card coming up for that um, time period that previously used to be called International Fight Week. Uh, and this year, it's going to be like the major event for this. Uh, well, I guess this year it's going to be the unofficial International Fight Week. It's going to be uh, on July the 10th uh, with UFC 264, which is going to be happening um, between. Well, the, the headliner fight is going to be between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, the trilogy fight. And uh, that whole fight card is going to be stacked. So. Um, yeah, so although the month of June is almost done, yeah, at least July is coming and, uh, we love July because of all these awesome combat sports events. All right. So that was like a big, big shout out for the, uh, fight card that we have coming up ahead. But I mean, you know, uh, in case y'all want to mark it down, cause I know usually personally, if I'm really bombarded with work, I would totally, I wouldn't even have time to check my social media to get updates on fights. And the next thing you know, like it's uh, a random weekend and I just tune into the pay-per-view and I'm like, oh goodness, oh, Conor McGregor's fighting, huh? Oh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's here? Like Jorge Masvidal's just in the crowd or, you know what I mean? Like you have to, uh, for these important fights, you have to mark it down on your calendar. Just like put an X on your on your hand, like get a tattooed so that you never forget kind of thing. But uh, yes, so that's the next biggest fight card, UFC fight card that we have uh, in the upcoming weeks. And it's going to be Liddy. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So uh, having said that, uh, a lot is actually happening. There's a lot of um, uh, 
tumultuary, if that's a word, uh, in the in the world of combat sports. So um, a lot's been happening that I, I honestly really did want to talk about uh, during our previous episodes. However, we would run out of time or there would be other issues that we need to discuss on the show. So some of those stuff I really still do want to talk about today, as well as some juicy, juicy gossip that's been going on in the uh, welterweight division and the UFC and who does not love the welterweight division in the UFC because two of the best trash talkers in the UFC right now being Colby Covington and Mr. Nate Diaz or uh, once again more uh, how do I put it like Nate Diaz just became active once again in the welterweight division and Colby Covington he was just like there chilling you know just being the uh, the king of all trash talkers in this weight division so uh, these guys have been creating a lot of uh, ruckus in the weight division and of course when you say all that spicy stuff that does not go unresponded and so people like the current champion of the division Kamar Usman and um, some of the other like very benign people in the division too people like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson they've been receiving backlash um and they've also been responding back uh, to these trash talks and whatnot. So we're going to be talking about all these interesting gossips today as well. And uh, what the future holds really for the welterweight division in the UFC, at least with the with the roster that we're facing at, the, at this very moment. So we're going to be talking about that mostly. But also, yeah, I really do want to talk about two big events, uh, two big occurrings that happened in combat sports. That was kind of like a... A big turn of events in combat sports. So I'll start the show with those important headlines first. And then we're going to be talking about the amazing welterweight division in the UFC and what the heck is going on there. All right. So now without further ado, let's get started. Okay. So first things first, ladies first. Um, shout out to Clarissa Shields. Okay. Uh, Clarissa T-Rex Shields. I love her so, so much. Um, we're talking about the... F- okay, so just to give you a brief like snapshot of her resume, of her boxing resume, Clarissa Shields has a outstanding amateur career. Um, not only has she uh, been um, very dominant in the amateur fights uh, that she's had, but also, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, accomplishments were so great that uh clarissa made it to the olympic team like team usa representing uh, her home country in the olympics and uh winning gold medals in boxing which is again very very outstanding and after she had her uh you know you know she was just so dominant in amateur boxing she just thought to herself well of course the next best thing to do is to enter professional boxing and so she did and even with that, she had, I uh, I can bet you my left arm, she had no losses. And all the wins that she had uh, in her professional career, they were very, very, very dominant once again, similar to how she was performing in her amateur career. Um, and uh, she's one of those uh, women fighters, uh, well, women boxers, 
who um, is very calculated, but at the same time is not scared to deliver power in her style of fighting. And she's also, so she has the speed as well. She's very quick with her hands and the combination of shots that she throws in uh, her boxing fight. So she's, I, w- I would say um, she's, a ve- she's a very, very well-rounded boxer. So she has the speed, the speed aspect. She has technicality. Uh, and she, of course, she has power. So she was so successful in professional boxing. And then what happened was that she became acquainted with uh, some of the bigger names in uh, women's MMA. Um, people like uh, Chris Cyborg, you know. Um, so she was she was actually training. Clarissa Shields was training with Cyborg. And... Um, well, okay, no, let me backtrack. So Clarissa Shields was the boxing partner, like the sparring partner for Chris Cyborg uh, when Cyborg was preparing for her own MMA fights in the UFC and even in Bellator. So Clarissa Shields was always there. And of course, once you're inside an MMA gym, uh, you have all kinds of exposures to different martial arts like jiu-jitsu, wrestling, all those awesome sports and uh, Clarissa Shields, you know, obviously thinking to herself, well, now I now that I have mastered sport of boxing and I've honestly like conquered everything that I've had to in the sport, why not just give MMA a try, right? So that's exactly what she did because uh, she made the transition to MMA and she actually had her first MMA fight. Um, actually, no, I, I might be mistaken. Not last week, but two weeks ago. Yeah. So she actually made her MMA debut in the Professional Fighters League. And her performance was absolutely outstanding. So when a girl says she can fight, do not underestimate her. Okay. Um, she really means it. And uh, for someone like Clarissa Shields, she ain't no joke. She is arguably one of the best ones out there. Um, I can arguably say that she is... I mean, I don't think there has been any other woman uh, uh, woman athlete in combat sports who's uh, transitioned back and forth between boxing and MMA specifically. Well, we can talk about a lot of important names when uh, making crossovers between sports like Muay Thai and MMA. But I feel like that's more of a um, natural transition. But to talk about specifically that transition from boxing, professional boxing to MMA, I would say Clarissa Shields is the first woman to do it. And she did it beautifully. We're all so, so proud of her. And uh, also, so that reminds me, um, shout out to her because on TKO's Instagram page, we actually gave her a shout out, wishing her good luck on her fight. And she reposted it. Shout out to Clarissa Shields for showing love to all of her fans. Um, not only is she a fantastic boxer and a MMA fighter, but she also has such a great heart and cares deeply about all of her fans. So shout out to Clarissa Shields. And um, just so I briefly give you a breakdown of her first fight and the way that she won over her opponent. Um, so Clarissa obviously... Her forte is uh, her striking and her boxing skills. However, what happened in that fight was that she uh, actually took down her opponent and uh, she uh, won through a TKO. 
by ground and pound. So the fact that a boxer, uh, for the first time, not only is able to take down an opponent, like utilize proper wrestling skills, but also to be able to keep your opponent on the ground while they're obviously struggling to get back up. Like that's no easy task. And uh, for Clarissa to keep her in that um, sub uh, submissive position and exert her ground and pound skills obviously that's uh next level and it was so impressive because like i said this was after all her mma debut and nobody really expected her to do this much uh actual mma stuff everybody expected her to win through just out outboxing her opponents that's what we expected but no she surprised us all and uh, what a beautiful surprise indeed so I personally look forward to seeing more of Clarissa Shields in MMA and uh, hopefully if she keeps working hard and she keeps getting good results, hopefully we can actually get to see her in uh, other bigger organizations like Bellator or even the UFC. I would love to see that. However, the limiting factor here is the weight division that she fights at. So Clarissa, uh, even when she was boxing, she would fight at the 165, uh, excuse me, 160 pound weight division. And so in MMA, well, at least in the in the more mainstream uh, MMA organizations, uh, because we don't necessarily have that many uh, fighters in those heavier weight divisions when it comes to women's MMA, um, the divisions have not been created yet unless you have, unless you create like a, catch weight fight between two fighters who really want to fight each other but again it's like how do you do it right like uh, usually the ufc or bellator or any like mainstream mma organization they would sign people so that um like they could they could recruit them to a certain weight division and if there is no weight division like that for people like clarissa shields then what do you really do like you just sign them as a freelancer or whatever the word would be in this case they could, and I feel like it's something that should they should actually do because uh, for men, uh, it's no no problem because uh, the, the weight divisions for men, there's at least ten weight divisions for men, uh, taken from 125 pounds to all the way to heavyweight division to the maximum of 250 pounds for women's MMA. I'm sorry to break it down to you, and it, it really frustrates me. There's only four different weight divisions. So there's the 115-pound weight division. There's 125, 135, and 145. And this is for the mainstream um, MMA organizations like Bellator and UFC. Very frustrating, I know. So that's why I'm saying people like Clarissa Shields, people who have already gained so much fame and success in combat sports in general, and for her to become even more successful in the sport of mixed martial arts, she needs to demonstrate that to the world so that people like Dana White, big people uh, like the C uh, Scott Coker, the CEO of Bellator, they take note and they say to them, they say to themselves, excuse me, that. You know what? I think it, it will, af after all, be worth it if we do come up with this new weight division. Because how else do you think these weight divisions were brought up uh, in, in the first place, right? Um, you need to have at least one or two superstar fighters for those weight divisions so that you start creating those weight divisions and you start recruiting more people to those newer weight divisions. So... 
yeah, honestly, the dream would be for Clarissa Shields to fight in those bigger MMA organizations. And of course, the ultimate dream would be for her to become the champion in MMA as well. Uh, champion in boxing, champion in mixed martial arts. Argue If she does that, she is the best or the greatest woman fighter of all time. Or as she calls herself, quote, G-W-O-A-T, the greatest woman of uh, the greatest. Uh, wait. Yeah, the greatest woman of all the. Yeah, <laughs> the greatest woman of all time. I don't know why my brain had such a hard time to break that down. Anyway, so I totally see it coming. She just has to keep up this uh, um, this hard work and perseverance. Whatever she's doing in her camp, it's good. Actually, on a side note, I saw her training at Jackson uh, in. Um, my God, what's the gym that John Jones trains at? So, um, the gym in New Mexico, Jackson Wink. Okay, I don't know what Jacksonville. What the heck? Okay, yeah. So Jackson Wink Gym in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is uh, the hub of um, like very talented mixed martial artists. People like John Jones. People like Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and it's a very um, elite gym. Let's just put it that way. And Clarissa Shields, I saw footage of her training at Jackson Wink just so she could work on her wrestling and um, other aspects of MMA that she still needs to work on. And uh, I feel like whatever she's doing, she needs to keep it up because it's working. And uh, you gotta at this level, you just got to learn from the best. You cannot afford going into a mediocre gym and expecting them to teach you everything or even like uh, give you like, provide you with good strategies at this level because um you are already coming into the sport with uh, such a great reputation like you don't ideally you don't want to uh just take major losses and then step away uh with the mentality that you entered the sport already being the champion in another sport you have to come in strong you have to enter with a bang right and that's exactly what clarissa has done and I hope uh, what she will try to continue to do in the future. So shout out to her. Shout out to Clarissa Shields. We love her and we will support her for as long as she is in combat sports. And honestly, because she's she's an awesome person. So shout out to her. All right. So enough of that. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's a little bit embarrassing, but uh, I just want to like make the announcement for it. So... Game Bread Fighting Championships already took place this past weekend. And you're probably asking, Janon, what is Game Bread Fighting Championship? Game Bread Fighting Championship is the first ever bare knuckle MMA organization in the world. The first legal one, I should say. And it is run by my all time favorite fighter, the one and only Jorge Game Bread Masvidal. Now, why did I say I'm so embarrassed to say this? Because your girl, having been having been a self-proclaimed Masvidal fan, like hardcore, I'm talking hardcore Masvidal fan, I actually missed that whole event. And to this very moment, I have not had a chance to go back and watch some of the highlights. I know, boo, Janam, boo. I know, I know, I know. But, um... In case you actually had the time to go and watch it, I would love for you to just holla at us on social media, especially on Instagram, go on TKO underscore podcast. Let us know what you thought. 
and let us know uh, if you agree with this whole bare knuckle MMA thing. And I say this because, so number one, I, I want to, okay, so I want to give you my take as a Masvidal fan and as a, obviously as a hardcore MMA fan and also my take as, uh, or like, what are some of the, what's the caveat essentially, right? With uh, bare knuckle, like pure fighting. So number one, yes, as I said a million times before, uh, I love Jorge Masvidal and uh, I love this initiative of his because um, Jorge Masvidal himself, uh, as you may already know, he used to be, he started out as a legitimate street fighter. He would do background or excuse me, backyard uh, MMA fights in Miami, Florida, uh, being run by the uh, legendary fighter Kimbo Slice, rest in peace. So that's how Jorge Masvidal rose to underground fame let's just put it that way in the world of mma and once he got all that experience from street fighting he then you know he made it more professional and then he transitioned to professional fighting um he had his own ups and downs but you know that street fighter mentality of his and style of fighting never really left his uh uh toolbox and uh even until the most recent fights that he had so he fought for the bmf belt obviously against nate diaz um and he even fought kamar usman the current welterweight champion for his title two times although they were unsuccessful but one of the best things about jorge masvidal is that everybody loves him because of that mentality because of that street fighter mentality the fact that he wants to just come out there and keep on fighting regardless of how injured or exhausted it just doesn't matter how he is he just wants to come out there and fight he has that street fighter mentality and that's i love that about masvidal anyway um so masvidal uh he announced previously that he was going to start up his own bare knuckle mma fight uh okay i don't know why i stuttered so much on that the bare knuckle mma fighting championship being called game bread fighting championships and uh, it's essentially like an extension of Jorge's own um, uh, hobby, but it's it's more professional. It's more, um, it, it, well, yeah, for the first time, I would say it's legal, which is a huge deal. Um, so now, uh, what's the caveat here? Uh, listen, first of all, I just want to say this is a great initiative because... Um, when when MMA, the sport of MMA itself was first uh, rising, started to rise to fame in the early 90s, everybody was dissing the sport. They're like, this is too brutal of a sport. Who would even watch people get bloodied up this much, right? Like, it's just such a bad sport. It's not even a sport. It's just fighting is so much violence, right? And look where we are right now. And the thing with uh, bare knuckle fighting, so first of all, I just want to say, yes, obviously there is so much more violence compared to regular MMA. Um, that's the only con about it. But at the same time, I feel like it has so much potential to getting bigger, even like more, uh, so much more bigger than what it is right now. Because number one, um, the business aspect of it will blossom over the years because uh, as long as there's some sport and violence and entertainment, you are set uh, business-wise because 
that sells a lot and people want to see that excitement people want to see that rush of an adrenaline not just in themselves but also seeing the fighters just fighting so hard like putting their lives on the line and literally putting their lives on the line i'm not even joking uh but also with the passion that they get to fight inside the inside the cage um and the fact that they have no protective gear on their knuckles to protect themselves and it's just pure and raw um mma people love that especially um you know this is coming from the perspective of a hardcore mma fan um i i am actually rooting for it and uh i think it can actually blow up in the next couple of years and this is like a continuation of my first point so when yeah like when mma itself started out people were dissing it but now look where it is and i think it could be the same thing with this whole bare knuckle MMA thing, because now some people are still saying that they're not fully for it because it's just too much violence. And who, like, I've, I've actually heard a lot of people say, who would voluntarily sign up for bare knuckle MMA? After all, it's just like, like uh, street fighting, because it, it's just fighting. It's literally fighting. No gear, no protective gear. Your knuckles are bare. Um, and it's just so raw, right? Like a lot of people still don't like it, but I would say that uh, it has the potential to get bigger and bigger and bigger because um, it, it has so much potential to grow and evolve over the years. Right now, yes, uh, like the first few events, don't really take them into consideration because they're still they're, they're obviously still trying to fine-tune things and figure things out fully especially because it has not been done before bare knuckle fighting like MMA fighting has not been done before but I think given that um there's so the, the market for it is huge and uh people would love to pay to see some good entertainment and violence and the fact that Masvidal the name like Gamebred's name is behind this all it makes it even more exciting and you just want to see what it's all about so having said that, again, I'm pinching myself because I'm like, Janone, how could you not watch Game Bread Fighting Championships? And uh, trust me, after this, I will, like before bed, I will definitely <laughs> watch some highlights from Game Bread Fighting Championships and see what my man Jorge Masvidal has done. Okay, um, because I'm sure uh, I've actually heard a lot of good reviews about it. Uh, but uh, yes, yes. Overall, it's a great initiative, and uh, yeah, that's our take on it, after all. Anyway, all right, so, okay, I wonder if we're going to have enough time to talk about all the gossip that's been happening in the welterweight division, but uh, I'll just tell you this, so Nate Diaz recently fought in the in the welterweight division, having uh, coming back from a long layoff, um, and he was fighting against Leon Edwards, so Nate Diaz, we all know he's a very um, passionate trash talker, if that's the thing. But uh, Nate Diaz lost that fight against uh, Leon Edwards. But now the current champion, Kamar Usman, has been calling out Nate Diaz. Because we all know at this point, uh, for as long as Nate Diaz has been in UFC... Uh, whoever he's called out, and because of his wonderful trash talking skills, whoever he's called out, they immediately respond back to him because they know that trash talking sells. 
and that creates a lot of excitement and tension prior to the fights meaning that more money is about to come in and they're about to uh, they're about to get paid more and so Kamar Usman uh, he saw this opening and this opportunity I mean good for him I love Kamar Usman because um, he's a great fighter he's a great champion but also uh, he's very smart so uh, he saw this uh, potential opening for um, like marketing of his own f potential future fight. And now he's actually calling out Nate Diaz. And if anything, once again, it is a very smart move because as the champion, the dominant champion that he is, Kamar Usman, uh, and for someone who who's lost the most two recent fights in his uh, welterweight career, Nate Diaz, uh, it is a very smart move to call him out because you already know, you know, the trash talk is definitely going to be bringing in views and money. But also you're so confident in yourself that uh, you're like, OK, yeah, like this guy, he runs his mouth. But inside the octagon, I already know that I can totally take care of him. And please don't get me wrong, because I love both guys. So Kamar Usman, he's very, very extremely talented, but also Nate Diaz, like, come on, uh, 209 represents Stockton, California. What up, right? Um, so, yeah, he's an awesome guy. He's so chill and his uh, attitude is uh, he makes him very it makes him very popular amongst the fans. So, yeah, that's what's been up, like the major gossip in the welterweight division. Well, I was going to talk about more stuff with Colby Covington and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, but I'll just leave that for another time. All right, so I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week, y'all. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here, and this is TKO. Peace out.